Ready? Yes. If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays? It's sweeping the nation. But only uh, real fans, true hardcore fans of this podcast would know two fundamental truths about the two of us, Bunny. Two absolutely really real and in no way made up on the spot facts about America's hottest will they or won't they couple. Yes. Bunny Beef. First and foremost, the the number one undeniable fact is that uh, about you, Bonnie, is that when you're not doing this, you also do a number of podcasts. It says here you do 34 different podcasts and Toto there. So, Bonnie, tell us about some of your other possibly less well-known podcasts. I've heard that some of them are pretty specific. Uh, well, there's Swimming with Llamas. Uh, and it's pretty straightforward. I mean, that's not, it's a very straightforward title. It's not referencing anything or anything like that. It's a podcast where we discuss actually swimming with llamas. Yes. You know, yes. uh, most people don't realize that llamas can swim. Most llamas don't realize that llamas can swim. You yeah. know, so we go through kind of a lot of llamas. Um, you have you have no idea what this shap is about. You have no idea how well that answer ties in with what we're doing. Uh, good. Here. Good. Just FYI. So maybe we should just stop it while we're lucky. No, you absolutely should. You absolutely should, because that ties in so well. And the second fact that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it. But I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own special storytelling style. So that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations! Dun, 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 dun. Or Shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shap. It's short, it's entertaining, and it's chock full of talent. It's the Ellen Page of podcast segments. Yes. And so today on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing the legendary Disney animated movie, Kingdom of the Sun. Which okay. also, which also happens to be the story of why the musician known as Sting hates the Walt Disney Corporation. FYI, okay. I love the story so much. This is one of my favorite shafts. Haven't even done it yet. Already love how well it turned out. So it starts off with this guy, and his name is Roger Allers. He's a playwright, animator, producer, storyboard artist, and director. He worked on such Disney films as The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Oliver and Company. And then his big break was he was chosen to direct a little film called The King of the Kalahari, which was then changed to King of the Beasts, then King of the Jungle, and then finally The Lion King. Okay. Roger Allers worked in the Disney uh, animation studio for so long that they they 
picked him from the studio to go and direct The Lion King. He also wrote the Broadway play of the same name. So suddenly, sort of overnight, Roger Allers is in the big time because uh, The Lion King was such a huge hit. And also, the one that also took a very serious look at, at, at Africa and the African safari and the land, and there was African traditions in there too, and, and so on. So, of course, Disney immediately decided to do what all movie studios do after they have a big success of a movie like The Lion King. Disney said, let's do the same thing, but slightly different. Yes. Well, this is where two ideas collide because they're like, we need to do another Lion King. But then on the other hand, uh, Disney had apparently for decades been trying to do a big animated film based on the Mark Twain story, The Prince and the Pauper. And the closest that they the closest that they ever came to that was a 24 minute Mickey Mouse short that played before the rescuers down under in 1990. So the decision was made to combine these two ideas. Let's do another Lion King and we want to do a big budget prince in the pauper. So the decision is made to 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 do another Lion King, but this one takes a look at Indian Incan life. Okay. Ink, an Incan culture and within that story, uh the basic plot would be there's an arrogant emperor named Manco and he discovers that one of his uh, peasants, a, sh a shepherd peasant named Pacha, looks exactly like him. So they trade places, and the arrogant emperor gets to, to, to be a shepherd alone on his own, and Pacha, the shepherd, gets to live the high life. And then... And then Eventually, it turns into a pretty wacky story. There's an evil sorceress who wants to steal the sun. Okay. And there's uh, uh, three wacky mummies. And there's uh, and eventually, the the evil sorceress learns about the deception and how the emperor is actually a shepherd and this other shepherd is the emperor but to make sure that the emperor who is pretending to be the shepherd doesn't come back she turns the shepherd into an animal okay so, is um, this the emperor's new groove eventually we'll get there okay. we'll get there okay. right now it's a serious a fairly serious animated movie called kingdom of the sun which was hoping to be the next lion king okay okay so it's it's a serious and very respectful but quirky look at incan society incan history incan culture it was going to be so serious and such a prestige animated movie that they contacted the legendary musician Sting, whose real name, of course, is Gordon M. Sumner! Yes. Big fan of B-movie references lately. <laughs> Been referencing B-movie a lot. And I'll be like, hey, Natasha, you like jazz? <laughs> so, the Disney people are all like, hey, Sting, you're gonna love our new movie, Kingdom of the Sun. It's it's an it's a musical. 
a bunch of musical numbers. We want you to write the music. It's quirky. It's different. But it's also a very serious look at Incan culture. And did we mention that the director of The Lion King, Roger Allers, is directing this? Yeah, Sting, we want you to do all of the music for us. We, this is a musical. We want you to write all of the music. And Sting said, I'll do it, but only on one condition. My wife, she's a director. Her name is Trudy Styler. She gets to make a documentary. You give her all access. No holds barred. She can do the documentary that she wants to do. And Disney said, yeah, we have no problem with your wife making a documentary about this film because... uh, Obviously, Kingdom of the Sun is going to be just as big as The Lion King, maybe even bigger. So they signed Sing up to do all of the music, and uh, they have a documentary. So work starts on Kingdom of the Sun. The team works on the script, the story, the animation. Sing goes off on his own pilgrimage. Okay. being sing he wants to get the right mindset he's uh he's in he's on top of some mountain in some Incan. he's like in a yurt or whatever yeah smoking weed with uh, you know holy people and you know riding on a llama learning about the culture and shit uh because he wants to learn about Incan culture firsthand to really you know he's really excited about kingdom of the sun Meanwhile, the Bride of Sting is working on her documentary. Now, I'm going to skip ahead in time here. Okay. I'm going to tweak the timeline a little bit. The documentary is called The Sweat Box. Okay. The Sweat Box, the title of the documentary refers to the screening room at the Disney Studios where the executives would see what the animators were working on. Okay. And when they, when they first did built the screening room, there was no air conditioning in it. Okay. So the animators would sit in the front row and watch their work. And in the back where it was cooler, all of the executives in their suits and ties would just be sitting there with their arms crossed, all pissed off and raining hell on the poor animators. So they, so the animators would sweat it out while the Disney executives tore apart their work. So they called that screening room the sweat box. And so the documentary is called The Sweat Box. Uh, Disney hates this documentary. Okay. They technically own the documentary, but no big surprise here. Disney refused to release the sweat box. It has never been released on video. It's never been released on DVD. It's not on Disney+. Plus. You can't stream it anywhere. It is hard to find. But Disney fans being Disney fans, copies of the sweat box are everywhere. In fact, the full film, this is why uh, I chose... Uh, this chat this week, Sweatbox is free on YouTube. Okay. And it's a phenomenal look at how a prestige film like Kingdom of the Sun, an animated musical, um, became the goofy non-musical comedy The Emperor's New Groove. Okay. It is a fascinating look 
at how this happened. Disney did not like the the work that director Roger Ailes was doing on Kingdom of the Sun. Uh, a lot of time in the sweat box, uh, changing scenes, changing plots, changing characters, and a lot of pressure. Is, so the executives are giving a lot of pressure on Roger Allers in his film Kingdom of the Sun. A large portion of that pressure came from executives came because while they were working on Kingdom of the Sun, they're like, oh, hey, The Lion King just came out. This was a huge film for us. We're going to work on another Lion King type of a film, two to three years, that will come out three uh-huh. or four years after The Lion King. But in between those years, other films came out, like Pocahontas, which was a bomb. And then The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which was a bomb. So executives are like, oh shit, Pocahontas was supposed to be huge. Uh, fucking The Hunchback of Notre Dame was supposed to be huge. Our next film needs to be a massive success. We need to make like a billion dollars with our next film. What's it called? Kingdom of the Sun? Fuck it! Let's, let's go figure out what they're working on right now. This needs to be huge! And it's a good look at like, like what happened to Kingdom of the Sun happened a million times with a million other films. Yeah. You know? We're going to work on this movie, and then when it comes out, it's something 100% different, you know? It's a completely, completely different film. Eventually, the execs get so aggro over Kingdom of the Sun that they hire a second director named Mark Dindle, who starts working on his own version of Kingdom of the Sun. Meanwhile, Sting is oblivious to all of this in the mountains in a hut, weaving baskets and shit. (laughs) Talking with holy people and shamans, these balls deep in Incan culture. And, and, And he's crazy, and he's still writing all of the music for this musical. Yeah. Meanwhile, panically, panicky executives are redoing the entire movie that he agreed to do. So in the movie, they call Sting. But in my mind, I like to think that, the, that you know, two years later, the doors to the Disney uh, Corporation uh, just blast open. And in like a big ball of smoke, Sting appears. <laughs> all like weather beaten and he's got like a shepherding staff you know and he's like I have returned the Incan people accepted me and made me their chief (laughs) I spent two years in the mountains breathing llamas and I have learned so much about the people and about their culture here are the 19 songs I have written for the new Disney musical, Kingdom of the Sun. So where does director Roger Allers and the studio executives are like, well, uh, a few things. First off, Roger Allers quit. So now it's a different guy named Mark okay. Dindle. Okay, but I'm kind of picturing the scene just before that. Where the two guys that Sting is speaking to, one turns to the other guy, you didn't call Sting? I thought you were calling Sting. We forgot to call Sting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Secondly, it's not Kingdom of the Sun anymore. It's the Emperor's New Groove. 
And finally, we are, it's no longer a musical, so we're going to throw out almost all of your songs. But hey, we do have a theme song, not that you wrote. You're going to love the theme song. We got Tom Jones to write. Oh, Emperor's new groove. It's hilarious. And so, uh, so that's how we got the movie, The Emperor's New Groove, and how we got the documentary, The Sweatbox. The documentary Disney does not want you to see. You see this. You see this documentary pop up in like BuzzFeed type listicles of controversial documentaries that people don't want you to see. You know, I, I went and found it on YouTube. It's all sitting yeah. there waiting to go. So, so now the documentary stands as a perfect example of how a well-meaning movie is completely changed into something else due to executives and meddling in the creative process. And that happens all the time. Uh, Jeffrey Jones was in a movie called Mom and Dad Save the World in 1992. Yes. It was a... It was like uh, Jeffrey Jones and Terry Garr and their parents and um, and the kids think that they're uncool and they accidentally get sucked into space where they have to save these people from an evil, evil emperor or something like that. And uh, it was like this PG-13 family friendly sci fi film that bombed in the box office. But then you see like uh, later on, like Michael Palin was in it and. And all of these people are being interviewed and they're like, oh, my God, originally this was supposed to be like a dirty adult sci-fi parody. Yeah. And as we filmed it, it just kept changing and changing and changing. And next thing you know, we're all doing this kids movie that no one wants to see. Yeah. And that sort of thing happens all the time. Like the process changes a film and uh, it and that's why this documentary, The Sweatbox, is so amazing because this prestige film about ink and culture became like a slapstick David Spade animated movie. <laughs> so the documentary is just absolutely fascinating. One final word on the subject. Yes. I fucking love The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. I love that damn movie it's hilarious and i love it and i don't and, and i'm just gonna come out and say it i don't think i would have liked kingdom of the sun yeah you know because at that period in time disney was taking itself so seriously so i like the fact that what would have been a serious film was dumbed down into like this stupid dumb fun animated movie i really love the emperor's new groove you know <laughs> But I, I, I don't like the process that led to the Emperor's new groove being created. Yeah. I also don't like, I also don't like that. I feel that the Emperor's new groove was the first time that Disney started their process of here's a super here's a popular movie. You like this? Great. Well, we're going to water it down with a TV show. <laughs> Yeah. The Emperor's new groove of the TV show. Then we're going to water it down with the direct to DVD sequel. And then we're going to water it down with a sequel to the sequel. And it's like, eventually you have this product down here that is no way as good as what you started with. Yeah. And they've done that so many times. And I felt that the Emperor's New Groove was the first time that they did that. But the Emperor's New Groove is a really good movie. <laughs> but poor Sting. Poor Sting. Yeah. I wrote this entire... Uh, 
I wrote this entire shap and I was telling Bella about it. So the next day we sat down and we watched the Emperor's New Groove and she's watching the film and she loves the movie and she loves the movie. But this was the first time that she didn't turn off the credits to listen to like it's this weird slapstick comedy. But then once the credits hit, here's the most beautiful ballad Sting has ever written. Yeah. And it's like, you know why this is a beautiful ballad of Sting's? Because it was for a different fucking movie. <laughs> this was a beautiful song he wrote for a musical, a serious musical about Incan culture. And now it's weirdly tacked on to the end of a David Spade movie. <laughs> Poor Sting. Poor fucking guy. Poor Sing. Like, now we watch The Emperor's New Groove, and it's a wonderful film, and we love it, but we're, we're all like, oh, fucking Sting and The Bride of Sting. The, the, it, yeah. And originally, the character of Pacha was played by Owen Wilson, and he was really serious about being in the film. And then at the end, they're like, Owen Wilson, out. We're getting John Goodman. Okay. And so, yeah, so it, it's fascinating. So the documentary is out there. It's called The Sweatbox. It's awesome. Everyone should see it. And and I got to say, not a lot of people have seen it. I I, I, I say this like every week. I, I'm shocked that more people don't know the story of this. Yeah. It is fascinating. They completed about 20 or 30 percent of the animation for Kingdom of the Sun and of the actual animation. And then everything else was storyboarded. They have a complete storyboard of what the movie was. Yeah. And then they had to just completely break that down and turn it into something completely different. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Ooh. Anyway, that's it for Steve's historic approximations this week. What are we doing next week? I don't know, but it, it'll probably be good. So join us <laughs> next week for more Steve's historic approximations. And cut on that.